Hello everyone, welcome to the first follow-up episode of this series. After every single major episode, I expect to get, you know, some counterpoints as well as to have certain people correct me on things I might have said that were insensitive that I just didn't catch. So the purpose of these follow-up episodes is to uh, correct things I've said, to clarify things I've said, as well as to present really good counterpoints that I've received. Oh, quick plug! My podcast is now on Spotify, and the link is in the description, not the description, the bio of my Instagram page. If you're already listening on Spotify, good for you. Um, this might be released on other platforms. I'm not really sure how this all works, but I will keep you guys updated. So to kick us off, um, at the end of the last episode, I received a comment saying that when I used the clarifier innocent to say that any innocent life lost is a tragedy. It makes it almost sound like I'm in support of the death penalty. And I can I can see the connection, but one thing that I'm doing is anytime I make a statement as a fact, I try my best to make sure that it's something that everyone can agree on. And everyone can agree that an innocent person who loses their life, is that's a tragedy. Um, not everyone would agree that any life lost is a tragedy, um, because some people do support the death penalty. And so, I'm not expressing my opinion one way or the other, I'm simply saying that, hey, this is common ground that everyone can agree on. I say this because I don't want people overthinking what I say in these podcasts. If I don't explicitly state an opinion, or that I believe something, then I've probably worded it intentionally as such. Uh, one thing I'm going to try to do is not introduce opinions that are irrelevant to the topic at hand. And this is a perfect example of one of those. It, there's no need to talk about the death penalty in a conversation about reposting stories about racism. They're not really connected directly. At the end of my last episode, I said that the news does a fine job of communicating these big stories. And a lot of people actually responded to that and made the same point. And I think it's a really good counterpoint, which is that many Americans don't actually follow the news and they get their news from social media. And there was instantly some validity to that because I had found out about Dante Wright via social media. And I admit it, I'm not the best at following the news. So I decided to investigate further into this. So I did about 30 minutes of research and I stumbled across an article by the Pew Research Center from 2020 which looked into the media consumption by Americans and I found it really interesting. I'm gonna be pulling some quotes from it but there's a lot of hard data there too that I just, I don't really feel like talking about because then this whole entire time will just be me spitting out numbers. But if you want the original source, I will send it to you via DM, just let me know. Uh, unfortunately, for those of you listening on Spotify, I don't have a way yet for you to directly communicate with me. I'll try to figure out something, but for those of you on Instagram, just uh, send me a DM. And not surprisingly, most people were actually right about this. I quote, As of late last year, 18% of US adults say they turn most to social media for political and election news. And I assume that this also extends to other areas as well. 18% um, may not seem like a lot, but that is a significant portion of people who do not follow the news whatsoever. So does that mean that I should just scrap my video and take everything back? Well, not quite. Also from this article, it says 
Demographically, U.S. adults who rely most on social media for news tend to be younger, are less likely to be white, and have lower levels of education than those who mainly use several other platforms. I also want to quote from one of my friends who responded to my video. They said, I don't think that people report murders due to racism because they believe that it is the epitome of racism, but rather a blatantly obvious display of it. One that non-affected groups can't help but ignore. And it was beautifully worded, and I really like that. But that kind of clashes with what I'm reading in this article here, because the non-affected groups tend to be the older white folks in our country, and those are exactly the people who are not on social media for their news. And I don't mean to say that older white folks are racist. I, what I mean to say is that in talking to a lot of my friends, the older white folks tend to be the target demographic of these posts. And another thing I found really interesting from this article was this. Even as Americans, who primarily turn to social media for political news, are less aware and knowledgeable about a wide range of events and issues in the news, they are more likely than other Americans to have heard about a number of false or unproven claims. And here's where I think the biggest problem with sharing posts on social media comes into play. The vast majority of posts that I see about these sort of events are very, very biased. They're from accounts who are making comments about um, the events that happen, saying, oh, the police should be defunded because of this. They're not objective, unbiased sources. And I think that that is so dangerous because not only does that not spread accurate information, it spreads inaccurate information. And I think that that really plays into the, the reason why most Americans who turn primarily to social media for news are more likely to hear false facts. So an argument can be made for reposting these big stories, but I think that that comes with a number of limitations in how to most effectively do so. First, I rarely see people just post once about it and then not post again. I cannot tell you how many times I've had to click through like 15 different slides of someone's story that are just all articles about one event that happened. If your pure goal is to spread information and to communicate these stories to people who otherwise wouldn't hear them, you only have to do it once. Now some of you may raise the point that, well, the news is constantly changing and we're constantly getting new information, and that means that we should keep people updated with multiple different posts. But I propose this. Maybe, instead of posting every time we get new information, Maybe we wait until we have the big picture before making a post. That way we're not just jumping on whatever the news first tells us, which may not in fact be the truth. My second word of caution when reposting these stories on social media is to make sure that you're only spreading facts, not opinions. I can honestly say that a good 90% of the posts I see all contain some sort of bias or opinion towards an event that happened. It's totally okay to express anger about an event. That's just a human instinct, is to get angry over injustice. But maybe social media is not the best place to share that, where people actually look for unbiased information and may stumble across your post, which is not unbiased information. But yeah, there's a really thin line between spreading real information and false information, which is why personally I just don't reshare things. But I can in good conscience say that it is not bad in itself to share real information on social media, especially since there are a significant portion of people who only get their news from that source. Yeah, I vastly underestimated the amount of time that these follow-up episodes would last for, so I'm actually going to end this one here. 
I'm not gonna make a follow-up to the follow-up, but I still encourage you guys to send your uh, counterpoints to my counterpoints to your counterpoints. 